joined us online this morning, we want to welcome you. We ask you to consider doing what you want to make sure you're doing. Experience what God is doing in Robert Bagley Baptist Church. And speaking of what God is doing in Robert Bagley Baptist Church, we have a few announcements I want to share with you. Of course, today, a very special day, we'll be partaking in the Lord's Supper at the end of service. We'll get some hearts prepared for that and get ready for that. Also, today, 4.30, we will be having our Chicago Baptist Church in Sanctuary. It's going to be a part of that. Thank you for having church last week on Wednesday. Uh, that was a neat time.
Pastor, let us out so we can beat the motorcycles and not go down. <laughs> well, <laughs> let's go to the Lord in prayer. And after we pray, we please rise and welcome one another. Father God, oh, how we thank you for this day. Please bless us and touch us with your Holy Spirit. I pray that as we worship you, Lord, we worship you in Jesus' name. I pray that you take the song right now. Move in our hearts. Do a work in our hearts, Lord. Those, Lord God, who are hurting, those 
Make your way back to your seats. We'll continue on with service. We do have another short announcement I'd like to share with you. I have a few small things. Number one, I uh, want to remind you that Cantata dress rehearsal will be Saturday, 16th. 
uh, at 4.30, 4, 4 o'clock. And then uh, a new
might mean that a couple didn't engage. might mean that a couple is pregnant. Better yet, perhaps some mom or some dad is saying, I have an announcement for my family and I'm getting a new job or perhaps a higher position. What about, though, announcements we hear nowadays on the news is, I'm running for president of the United States of America. <laughs> so when you hear announcement, what really comes to your mind? What really comes to you then? Uh, I, I love building this message, and I had a lot of fun with it, and I hope and pray that you will have as much fun with it as I did, and I pray most of all that speak to your heart and said to anyone who needs to come to know Jesus, that's going to be the day. But when I thought about this message, I couldn't help but think of a little boy with a little newspaper hat saying, extra, extra, read all about it. And I, I love that time frame. I remember many years ago when my family was still whole, um, fortunately we had a lot of family death. Um, when my family was still whole, we, we went somewhere. My family went to the photographer place, which I don't know what we didn't know was there. They were doing old-timey pictures. We ended up getting some pictures made of, of my eldest son in one of those newspaper hats, the old bundle of newspapers like that. And it's a, it's a, a, a photograph that sticks out in my mind. So, when you hear the word announcement, what do you think of? You think of some life-changing, altering news. Well, what about when God makes an announcement? What kind of news would it have to be God to break the routine of life and make an announcement? What kind of news would that be? Some of you are already knowing where I'm going with this, but let's look to see God's announcement and see what we can learn from. We're going to read a little bit of scripture here this morning, so bear with me. Uh, but just read the description. Let's start in Luke chapter 1, let's begin in verse 26. The Bible tells us, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee in Nazareth to a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. I'm going to stop right there. I want to throw something out. There is some modern translations of the Bible who translate Isaiah's passage in chapter 7 of the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And they translate that nowadays to not be offensive as a young woman. But I want you to know the Hebrew word is alma, and that word means young girl who's never known a man. Correct translation is virgin. If you want the Bible's approval on it, you need to look at me in Luke 1, verse 27. To a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. Verse 28. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. 
power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her, which is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste, to the city of Judah, and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believeth. There will be a fulfillment of those things which is told to from the Lord. Shall we go to the Lord again? Father God, we thank you in Jesus' name. I want to thank you for your word. And I ask, Lord, that you would take your word right now and have its way in our hearts and in our lives. Speak to us until we really need to come to know you as a personal living Savior. And anyone who uses their heart like this, we'd like to raise you today. And be glorified and be magnified. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory. I don't know about you, but that's an announcement. Amen. That's the announcement of all announcements. And you might be saying, well, wait a minute, Pastor. Wait a minute, preacher. I thought an announcement like that would be worldwide. It would be over the entire world, not just in one person. Well, that announcement did go worldwide. It did. And now some of you are already thinking, well, the angels show up and they say, glory, or they say, glory, hallelujah. But let's go back a little bit. Let's go back to somewhere between 731 and 715. You can't do that on your watch if you're talking about that little bit. The king of Judah, his name is Ahab. Father Jotham more in respect to God and become an idolatrous king. He has desecrated the temple and led his nation into child sacrifice, and this then is the backdrop of the biggest announcement the world has ever heard. That's how we meet in the greatest messianic prophet. Enter the prophet Isaiah in a world where belief in God was still rampant and was just like year 2022, where people believe in God, people know God's out there, people know God is still in charge. But the idea that God is far off, far away, very relevant, very, very comfortable for you. Remember now, child sacrifice has become normal for the kingdom of Judah, and the temple has been given a holy altar. In fact, Ahab received the holy gate in the walk dedicated the temple in excuse me, dedicated the altar in the temple to God and Israel. Now the court of Ahab, just so we understand the background, surely would have been a hive of activity with diplomats and representatives from every corner. Ahab was a king, not of great importance. He was in a little country called Judah. And what you need to understand though is Judah was noticing that there was a hive in the winds of war. 
Assyria was growing into a world power, and not just that, but just outside of Judah, the country that had a king and a resident. And the resident hated Judah. And he threatened Judah all the time. He was a king so they were constantly wondering in the court that they had, when will Tiglath-Pileser come in to the courts victoriously destroying us? Or when will Rezin invade us? And this was the how long did it have for a serious invasion? The map comes down to the story. They go, they have to say, food. Invades them and captures the master. Killing the king resident in the process. You can imagine Ahab. Okay. Some of y'all know dancing with the devil is about as dumb as saying he's a king. <laughs> so Ahab goes to the master and meets the Syrian. And he is so impressed by the shape of the temple and the altars he saw. This, then, is the scene when Isaiah enters the courts of Ahab. He's walking amongst now a group of people who have accepted Assyrian Matthew Child worship had become the norm. Excuse me, child sacrifice had become the norm. Remember, I knew that God was far away. An announcement that the whole world is going to hear about. A time frame where children were just sacrificed. A time frame where women were just spoiled for war. Perhaps, like in the year 2023, a mountain to be climbed in the front. And so, marriage was no longer that complicated. Families were dissolving. Online, you need to listen to this as well. When we back away from God, families start to fall apart. Somebody say amen. When we move away from God's morals and we move away from God's principles, nations start to topple. And we, as the country of the United States of America, has begun leaving God's principles, God's morals, and as a result, our families are falling. And because our families are falling, eventually our country. So look with me in Isaiah 7. In the 14. You don't have to turn this. You don't want to. I'm going to put it up on the screen for you here. This is Isaiah. You see Yahoo the prophet standing amongst this court where these people were in the corner saying, What are we going to do? Who are we going to have help from? Who's going to save us? God is too far away and we are too far gone. And Isaiah comes in. Moreover, the Lord spake again to Ahab. And I love that right there because it's something we can learn from. And there's something we need to learn from it. Perhaps it's something you need to learn. Understand, verse 10 says, The Lord spoke again to Ahab. That lets us know that God had already spoken to Ahab before. And perhaps you're sitting in the pew this morning saying, I want to know if God will ever speak to me again. Well, if he spoke to Ahab, he'll speak to you, brother. 
He'll speak to you, sister. Perhaps you're online saying, can I go into a church and have the roof fall in on me? I want you to know if God spoke again to Ahab, he'll speak again to you. Look here in verse 11, the prophet Isaiah says, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord, your God. Ask it either in the depths or in the height above. There's nothing too impossible for God. But Ahaz responds. Look how he responds in verse 12. I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. And he said, Hear now, O house of David. It's just a small thing for you to weary men, but will you weary my God also? Understand the context. He had went to beg help from the Assyrian king, Tiglath Pilzer. However, he should have been on his knees saying, God, you are our only What are we going to do? Who's going to help us? Who's going to deliver us? Who's going to save us? Isaiah stands up and says, That's the sign. Ahaz does what most of us have done. I'm not going to ask God for anything. You're sitting there in the pew saying, I don't want God to do anything for me. Don't be a king Ahaz. Don't be an Ahaz. So Isaiah responds. He says, Therefore, the Lord Himself. You don't want to ask? I'm going to give you a sign that you can't refuse. One that comes only from God. Only God can do it. Look with me in verse 14. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means, help me out now, church, God is with us. God is with us. And that's what we're picking up in our message this morning. God is with us. Now, I know for just a second, that's only December 3rd, so we want to hold off on a Christmas sermon. Somebody say amen. Now, some of y'all, bring on a Christmas sermon. Bring it on. I'm ready for the announcement. I'm ready for that. So here's the picture. Isaiah shows up in the year 713, and he says, King Ahaz, God will give you a son, and that son is the virgin. We'll bring forth a child, and we're going to call his name Emmanuel. God is with us. That's the biggest announcement this world has ever heard. It's so big. Listen to me now. It's so big that we have divided time by it between B.C. and A.D. Somebody say amen. That's how big that announcement was. God is with us. And that brings on now, incidentally, that brings on a revival to Ahaz's son. That's right. Ahaz's son was Hezekiah. And he leads Judah into a wonderful revival. That's what we're focusing on this morning. Now, I know deep down inside, we may be ready for Christmas sermons, but we're not ready for jingle bells yet. Amen? We're focusing on that revival this morning. So let's go back to Luke chapter 1, though. And remember, we've got that backdrop now of King Hezekiah's revival. Because his dad, Ahab, such a jerk. That's right. Anybody who will murder a child is a jerk. Somebody say amen. Let me tell you something else. If you're watching online, when we take our children to the abortion clinic, we might as well be offering them on the altar to bail. We need to stand up and say, life is precious. God has made us in His own image, and we are to protect and to cherish that beautiful life. So let's go back to Luke chapter 1. Look at me in Luke 1, 26. I'll just read quickly here from 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. Of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. Never come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. Wait a minute, stop. Look at verse 28. And having come in, the angel walked right into where she is. 
Somebody needs to understand this morning that God has no problem going where you are. You might be thinking this morning, oh, pastor, God doesn't understand or God won't get himself into what I'm doing. I want you to know there's nowhere that you can be too far from God. I want you to know that you can't be too bad for God. I want you to know that you are not unreachable because if God can go to where Mary was, if God can go to where Ahaz was, then God can go to where you are right now and He'll come in if you'll let Him. The Bible tells us He'd come in and said, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed be you among women. I love what she does here, but when she saw him, she was troubled at the saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, the conceived in your womb, we bring forth the son, and shall call his name Jesus. Now, Jesus means salvation from the Lord. That's what Yeshua means. God saves. Emmanuel means God is with us. And he is Emmanuel. God is with us. He also is our Savior. Look at me in verse 32. He will be great, will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and in his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be? Since I do not know a man. She's a virgin. That means amen in the Baptist church. She's a virgin. 35, the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost will come upon you, and the power of the Highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month of her, who is called barren. For God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And, of course, we know the rest of the verses there. Mary arose in the day, went into the hill country to haste from the city of Judah, and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she spake out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, but why is it granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of things which were told her from the Lord. Remember, Judah experienced a revival when they heard the announcement. When Hezekiah comes to the throne and he brings his people back to God, they experience a revival. And so they began to understand something about the power of an announcement. And I want you to know God has an announcement for you this morning. God has an announcement for you in your life. God has got something to say to you. And that something is He is still Emmanuel. God is still with us. He hasn't left us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. His hand is still upon you. He hasn't taken His hand off you. He hasn't taken His eyes off of you. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows what you're doing. He knows what you've done. And I want you to know He still loves you. You realize they realized that God placed importance on a child. Remember, they were sacrificing children. They were sacrificing for something wrong. They realized then that those were false gods and fake gods. And then crying out. Have you read the kind of Bible? I'm not going to spend time tonight looking for that. But I do know right now some of you are praying for this. Some of you are praying in your heart of hearts right now. God. Send us a revival. I've heard it. I've been there with you. We've been on our knees right here at Rockstown, your Baptist Church. Remember when the revival was happening in Asbury? Remember that? We called a special time of prayer right here. And many of you came forward with me. And many of you bowed down on your knees and we cried out as one. God, give us revival. God, bring revival to Texas. God, bring revival to Copper's Coast. God, bring revival.
some of us are still crying out, God, I want revival. And a lot of us believe right now. A lot of us believe right now there's one more revival. That big one is coming. A lot of us hold on to that. We claim the Scriptures. And the Lord will pour out His Spirit upon your sons and your daughters. He'll make those old men prophesy and those young men see dreams. I want you to know I still see dreams. Amen? Some of you can prophesy. I'm still seeing dreams. Amen? However, my point is this. We're holding on and we're hoping and we're praying for that revival. We need that revival. We want that revival. And really, honestly, revival didn't come. A lot of us think it's a special high-powered evangelist who shows up and preaches a wonderful sermon. Wrong. Wrong. You know what that does? That generates a bunch of amens and we go home. Well, I got to use amen in the True. That's not revival either. Some people say revival is returning back to God's way. Not necessarily. Some people say revival is this warm, fuzzy feeling. And the next thing you know, we can't help but share the gospel with everybody. You don't know what revival is. Revival is realizing that God is not far away, but is right here with us. That's what revival is. And that's what brings revival to any church, to any people, to any prayer group. And that's the picture of Emmanuel. And that's what brought revival into Judah. You want to see a church get back on fire? Then they need to realize God is still in the sanctuary with them. God is still in the prayer room with them. God is still in the pulpit with them. God is still in our families with them. He's Emmanuel, God with us. Are you crying out for revival this morning? Are you praying and praying and praying? God, send that revival. And you've been praying for years and years and years. Mary had the angel coming to her. She came right on in. You know what Mary did? Look at verse 29. She saw the angel. She saw the angel. You know what you Bible in your life? You need to understand that God is in everything you do. You know what you want to hear me for a second? Perhaps one of those people say, hey, God's with me in the church. God's with me when I'm in trouble. God's with me when I'm in need. But God isn't with me when I decide to do something I ought not be doing. I want you to know God's with you there as well. He's with you there as well. Mary saw the angel. And you need to get to the point in your life where you are seeing God working around you in everything you do and everywhere you go. I want you to know God is working in Copper Cove, Texas. God is working in hearts in Copper Cove, Texas. And God may be working in your heart right now at Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. What you need to do is start seeing it for what it is. God is with us. She also prioritized. She didn't just see it. She didn't just perceive it. She prioritized it. Look what we get in verse 29. She considered what type of greeting this was. Have you ever read through the Scriptures? Usually when an angel shows up, usually something bad is about to happen. Well, look at this. She considered what type of greeting this was. I love Mary for that. And there's lots we can learn from Mary and her humbleness and her beauty and her softness. She is able and willing to say, Be it unto me, no matter what the cost. Lord, let it be done. 
She prioritizes her relationship with God. She prioritizes what's happening spiritually in life. And if you want revival, if you want revival, you need to start prioritizing spiritual things. Are you ready for me? I'm preaching to dads this morning. Dads, if you want your family to come back to God, then start bringing your family back to God. Let go of those evil things that you've been bringing in your house, those movies you've been bringing in this house, those words you've been saying, and bring back in the Bible, God's Scripture, and prioritize spirituality in your house. And you're going to find out that He's Emmanuel and He's never left you. Get back to it. Mary in her house was sitting around, and the angel shows up, comes right on in. Because you're an old King James. I got a love old King James. Hail Mary, full of grace. Ah, you were not Catholic. <laughs> Here comes the angel. Walks right in. Hello, Mary. Well, he said to her, Shalom. Shalom. Usually you walk in and say, this is what you're going to do, this is what you're not going to do, this is what's going to happen. He walks in and says, you consider it, I can do this. Perhaps you're one of those who is God working in your life. You felt God working in your life. You got miracle after miracle after miracle. You've seen God deliver after deliver after deliver. You've seen God provide after provide after provide. And you still have the audacity to say, or maybe God's too far away from you. No, you need to start prioritizing what God's done in your life and what God is doing right now. The third thing Mary did, the third thing Mary did, take a look at verse 30. Angel says, don't be afraid. We call that purified. Don't be afraid. You got to understand, when you're in the presence of the holy, it brings about a fear, doesn't it? Mary began to be angel reassures her, don't be afraid. I call it purify. You want revival? Then you need to purify. But you need to understand the picture here. It was nothing Mary could do. It was all the angels worked there. Mary, don't be afraid. It was the angel who did the speaking. It was the angel who did the reassurance. It was the angel who let her know, I'm with you. I'm not here to harm you. I'm going to take you through this. And I need you to understand something, Christian. If you're going to be pure in God's eyes, then you need to realize it's not about what you can and can't do. It's about what He's already done. Revival in your heart and in your life, begin to see God as with you. Begin to know that He's never left you. Begin to know that He's with you wherever you are. Begin to prioritize the spiritual in your life. It's not a coincidence. God is working in your life. And begin to purify yourself. Look at verse 40. She proclaimed it. I love Mary. First thing she did was go visit her cousin. I know some of you guys are out there saying that's exactly what a woman would do is go visit her near kinswoman. No, she wants to proclaim what God has done in her life. And if you want to experience revival in the year 2023, you need to start perceiving God. You need to start prioritizing God. You need to start uh, start purifying. You need to start proclaiming God. That's the whole point of giving out gospel tracts. 
proclaiming God. He's Lord. He's still in charge. He's still got us in His hands. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And He knows what He's doing, and He's got a plan for us. Proclaim it. Proclaim it. Do you want Mary's experience? Proclaim what God is doing in your life. Look at verse 45. Not only to proclaim it, be prepared for it. I love Mary. She stuck around with Elizabeth for three months. For three months. The Bible tells us about three months. Not quite the full three months, but about. So she knew when to leave. There's a couple things we can learn from that. Number one is know when your visit is over. Somebody say amen. I love to visit in the hospitals, and I've visited many of you in the hospitals, and some of you will tell me, Pastor, you have some quick hospital visits. Well, because I will have learned throughout 30 years when to leave. When to get gone. Let me tell you, it's uncomfortable you're sitting there in that hospital robe and some man comes in and you're like, uh, no one else needs to see this. Better yet, when you show up at dinner time, don't hang around, Pastor. I want to eat my string beans here. Mary knew when to leave. It was an intensely personal family moment. Zacharias had become mute. He couldn't speak and he could not uh, loose his tongue. And you know something? Bible tells us now is the time. 
today is the day of salvation. The Bible also tells us that today is one day closer to the return of the Lord. And we need to think about this. He is Emmanuel, God with us. I'm telling you something right now. You don't want God, and you don't have Would you be willing to come to Him this morning? Pastor, Pastor, I need a church family. I need a church group. I need a partner with you. Be willing to come to be a part of our family this morning. You practice say, Brother John, I am a church member. I am a Christian. I am blood bought. I am born again. I am redeemed. I have the Holy Spirit in me, but I am not living. Would you be willing to come to the you don't need to talk to me. Talk to God. Come on down to the altar today. Get it right with God. Before we come to Perhaps you say, Pastor, you need to be baptized. Whatever the case may be, I'm going to give you the opportunity to come. Let's pray together. Father, we come to now Jesus Christ. And oh, how we thank you for your word. Ask you to take charge even now, Lord, and bless us and prepare us as we get ready to take in the Lord's Supper. Would you anoint us, Lord, and use us? And I pray, Lord, there be anyone who's forgotten that you are Emmanuel, God with us. Anyone who's forgotten that you are right here with us and not fall off. And that day be the day, Lord, they perceive and purify the heart of the Son. I want to give you the praise, honor, and glory that you can take charge of you in Jesus' name. As you come as we sing, beneath the cross of Jesus, we come.
we are not redeemed with torches of the We are redeemed with the blood of the the land takes away the sin of Let us remember how he did it, how he bred it, how he made this man. The Bible tells us without shedding the blood, there is no redemption. Thank you, Final prayer, we have final hymn.